we're the home for the Detroit home. Tigers baseball. That's right, Detroit Tigers. You know, they've been on a hot streak. Yeah, they have. Second in their division. That's pretty cool. Which is really great. Not not something you uh, would even expect in the beginning of the season. They were, they were as... Uh, <laughs> As many uh, baseball teams uh, can make an excuse for when your team's not very good, it's a rebuilding year. Yes, yes, we're I've working seen that on a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, rebuilding. Uh, but they play; they've been playing well uh, as of late, so that's been really good. But they've been playing fast. <laughs> Yesterday's game, and with we have it on the broadcast to last roughly three hours. Yeah. That's that's the plan. That's how it's all kind of formatted. It used and to ready be to longer. Go. Used to be kind of unknown. Usually, it goes over. You know, to three, three and a half hours, but uh, the games have been moving a lot faster because of the the pitch clock yep. and all these other rule changes and the the shift going, the shift not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, so any of those those changes have been, I think, been pretty good for baseball. But it okay. has been making the game very, very fast. Uh, and Bob Buchholz uh, was mentioning this because he's a huge Tigers fan. He said the games are about as fast as they were back in like the eighties. Like oh. in like 1984. Were they fast back then? I guess. Okay. They moved quickly. Then then there was the time of um, in like the 90s and 2000s where all the players, especially, I know there was uh, one player, Nomar Garciaparra for the Boston Red Sox. He was those the guy that every time he stood out of the batter's box, he would adjust his gloves. Oh, yeah. He would kick his feet. He would. Yeah. It was almost like he would tie his shoe. Go back, grab a new bat, uh, change his shirt, uh, do some laundry. How many sponsor endorsements can I get in this in the, my cameo? Exactly, while I'm, like while I'm up I just at the plate. Want to show off my gloves? <laughs> Look at I'm tying my Nike shoes, mm-hmm, my Franklin gloves, all of those things. But it has it has made the game uh, better to watch, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, but as the other side of things, it makes putting it all together even more difficult yeah. because. Faster games faster and games. and all that could mean less commercials. Oh yeah, fewer commercials. So so getting sponsor ads and all that stuff into the game might become more difficult as they they go throughout this season. So uh, it's not changing right now, but there are times that we're noticing either in the the radio broadcast or even the TV broadcast that they're as soon as they come back, they don't even set up what's happening. They just say, yeah. "And that was a strike." Well, see, and that just seems like. Too fast of an experience. Yeah. When you think about baseball, I remember sitting in the in the bleachers in the stands and and just watching and relaxing. And you could have a conversation and then come back for the next pitch. Right. And then have another conversation mm-hmm, about a mm-hmm. whole different topic. Come back for the next pitch. Yeah. And so it just it's a relaxing experience. You kind of get to unwind and just really enjoy the experience. No more. It's yeah. fast. And as you go, yeah, so as you go to the games, that's what you're doing. You're yeah. hanging out and you planned for that amount of time. Yeah. Even if you you know to go to Chicago or whatever, it's like, yeah, I plan on getting on this train at this time because that's going to take me back back home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is interesting. And then uh, concession stand prices. Oh yeah. Probably going to start going up. Yeah. Uh, some teams toyed with the idea of taking the the beer all the way to the end of the game. <laughs> seems like a really bad idea. Yeah. Some teams have said, mm, yeah, we're going to try that for a couple weeks. And yeah, it didn't work but, out. But it's right. I mean, they have a revenue model to support everything that they're doing. And part of that relies on concession sales. Yeah. And if the game's going faster, I have fewer opportunities to get mm-hmm. a hot dog, a hamburger, beer, yeah, longer lines and the and all that stuff. So it's yeah. it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's good for the sport right now. But the, the that's the other thing is thinking about the fan experience. Are other sports going to do this? 
It's possible. Are they going to take a quarter away from football? Ooh, don't How do about that. that. Don't do that. <laughs> they, I do think they make the the they do have the they do have clocks. I mean, everybody the basketball has the shot clock. They do have the play yeah, clock in football, but there's still a lot of downtime in between things. They yeah. take the TV timeouts. Oh yeah, they got to get rid of those. Stuff. Get rid of the TV timeouts. Uh, make it just a hurry up and go. I mean, I've seen they can do it. Sure, do it every time. Yeah, but then what's going to happen is <laughs> if they do tired. <laughs> if they hurry up and go, it's going to make the game faster. But then you're, I think, as you're watching the game, there's just going to be ad pop ups, and it's going to be like <laughs> what on the when you go on a web page, and all of a sudden things just start popping up. Oh That's going to happen when you're watching it on TV. We, there should be legislation that says the top the pop ups can't exceed the number of plays. <laughs> And and they can't take up more than a quarter of the screen. We don't need legislation to we come into this. No, 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 no more <laughs> rules to pop in there. But uh, other things on television. Oh my um, goodness! The you want to talk about the writer strike first? Sure. The writer strike still going on for uh, yeah. for a lot of TV shows. Some uh, many of the late night shows not uh, doing their shows at all yeah. because they rely on the writers. You'd think that they'd at least try to do something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're a comedian. You have a show. Say something funny. Right. Or, you know, just, just bring on guests. Yeah. And just talk with your guests for the whole entire show. Maybe make your show a little bit shorter. I, I think it's kind of it's kind of weird and not really serving the, the audience if you just do reruns. Yeah. Well, and so uh, I was going through, because we're now in, what, day 11 mm -hmm. of the strike, of the writer's strike. Uh, we've got some stats on how long the, the previous strikes ran. But some Hollywood productions stopped. Some yeah. are continuing continuing to produce, but they can only use the script as it was on May 1st. So exactly as it's exactly written, no it changes. was written. They can't go back in and say, oh, well, I'm going to be a writer now. No, mm -hmm. that would mm -hmm. violate violate a lot of different whatever rules they have in place. Okay, and so in in some way, the writers might feel some satisfaction. Oh, I'm sure. It's like, oh, you're going to have to use it now the way I wrote it. But also on the other side of that, sometimes something written and then something actually done and performed may not be exactly the way you wanted it. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, man, I don't like how that's said now. Well, because yeah. they can't even ask the writer, right? No. Can't say, hey, how, what did you what mean you by thinking? this? Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you thinking? Yeah. What was your inspiration? inspiration? Exactly. <laughs> Jinx. Um, um, so some shows have stopped production. Second season of NBC's uh, Night Court has stopped oh, production. No. The second season of Unstable. Okay. If, if you watch that on Netflix with Rob Lowe, it's really fun. It has his son, John Owen Lowe, on it. Mm. I enjoy it. It's so a, that's it, probably going to get canceled. No. No. You don't no, think don't so? You think that. it'll come back? Going to knock on wood. I, they've stopped production. Rob Lowe probably has some Uber million contract. Mm. Hopefully, they'll reinvest in that one. Uh, the Venery of Samantha Bird. No idea what that is, but the production of that shut down. Mm. Two episodes out of the eight left to film. Uh, season three of HBO Max Universal TV hit Hacks. Oh, that's a good show. Has come to a standstill. Uh, Disney Channel, for those fans, uh, the seventh season of Bunked has been put on hold. Oh, no. I guess, yeah. Um, what is this show, Saturday Night Live? Have you ever seen that? What mm. is that? Was that funny yeah. at some point? Yeah, I think I think it, it was funny at one point. It, it hasn't been lately. So yeah. maybe that might be a good thing that they kind of refresh some of the writing yeah. uh, with that. Or they, they have a little bit of downtime so they can... Uh, write some more things, but um, that the funny uh, part about that hacks show yeah. is that it's a show about comedy writing. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> so the writers 
that are in the the people that are acting in it are writers. So it's it's kind that, of weird that they can't actually write. Something. That is funny and ironic, and it feels like the sh they jumped the shark on that one. <laughs> it's writers writing about writers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's kind of like a show about nothing. <laughs> that made that that it, was okay. That, it worked. Yeah. Um, How many unionized writers do you think there are in Hollywood? Oh, thousands. How many thousands? Uh, 5,000. 11,000. Okay. Yeah. That's 11,000. How long was the, well, you know the answer to this. How long was the last Writers Guild of America strike? In uh, That happened in 2007. It 2007? started in November 2007. So it lasted for, what did you say? It was like 100 and... 100 days. Whew. 100 days exactly. How much did that cost the Los Angeles economy. Oh man! Yeah, uh, hundred million dollars. Two billion. That's Dang. what the yeah. for a hundred days. Hundred days. Billion? Two billion dollars was the last writer strike. There was a writer strike. I didn't remember this. There was a writer strike back in 1988. It lasted 153 days. Man, 153 days. We were thinking, uh, Johnny and I were talking about the last time that 1988 strike. What were the shows affected? In 1988, on television, the number one program was uh, Cheers, The Cosby Show. Oh, The Cosby Show. Yeah, number two was. Cheers. Roseanne. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I said Roseanne earlier because uh, I was wondering what was on there because I wasn't a lie. I was a year old in 1988, so I wasn't watching much television. I'll give you a three, four, and five. Uh, a Different World, Cheers, Okay, was number four at the time, and 60 Minutes was number five. The sixth most popular show of 1988. Hmm. The sixth most popular show in 1988 on television that was affected by the writer's strike. Wonder Years? Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll give Another you the rest great of the top show. ten. Who's the Boss, Murder, okay. She Wrote, Empty Nest, and Anything But Love. Don't even know that Don't show. Don't even know that show. That might have been one that didn't come back after it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Number 12 was Matlock. Oh, love Matlock. <laughs> that was a good show. Man. Now I need to go back and watch all of those shows from the 80s. And, and you know, I kind of want to pinpoint it from before and after the writer's strike because that's what kind of affected a lot of yeah. shows in, in 2007 where they just they weren't as good because they probably either had different writers yeah, or yeah. so I kind of want to see the timeline of before and point. after the writer's strike if it if it changed it dramatically well, that's a good point because some of the creative minds they may say well yeah I've been looking for an excuse to go do something different absolutely and and then they don't come back what will happen to professional sports if the writers don't come back oh I don't oh. know oh I don't know <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying it's scripted or anything. Uh, another thing, uh, real quick, uh, <laughs> that was on television is that there's been a lot of reruns. Uh, there oh, was no. a there yeah. was a town hall. Yeah. We're already in the campaign season for everybody, uh, and and Trump had a town hall. This felt a little premature. Uh, yes, there was a, there was a town hall hosted by CNN. Donald Trump, former president, was was the guest, the one and only. Okay. Yeah, hosted by Caitlin Collins. Uh, she was at one point the youngest. Uh, White House uh, correspondent for a national network, and she she did. A, I, I must say, I, I watched clips of of the entire uh, town hall, and she did a great job. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the definition of news is something new, right? Right. right. There were there was no news made here. No news. No. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it, it's what you expected it to be. 
It was certainly interesting to watch. Um, the audience was either declared Republicans. CNN um, coordinated the audience. Yeah. They said either declared Republicans or undecided mm-hmm. because you can register as undecided yeah. in New Hampshire. Um, and that was the audience. So you, you hear some laughs, some applause. Uh, at some points, but no real surprises. But they did, um, Caitlin did ask him about current issues. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, no backtracking on anything that you've heard him say. Oh, interesting. I've always wanted the, the especially the president, because there's so, it seems like there's so much money put into the campaign. And, and oh, yeah. I feel like with president, they should go old school yeah. and do the, just like they did way back before television and radio and mm-hmm. all that. And just do the stump speeches. Like Lincoln that's all. Douglas debates. That's all they get. Yeah. Like that's all they can do. And this is the amount of time they can do. They have to go visit these towns and and just stand in the middle of the town. They have to travel together, and and they have to do debates together on a train. Yeah, on a train. Yeah. Well, yeah. that would take forever. That would. But uh, it would be interesting. It to would go be old fun. I like, like that, that idea. Yeah. yeah. I like that idea got something to say and uh you just send me some info and uh, we can talk about whatever you got going on whether it's an event a program or anything like that love to chat with you and you can do that and it's brought to you by our friends at united federal credit union we get you my guest today is maureen adams she's the director at Berrien county veteran services how are you today i'm great thanks Good to have you. Uh, you have a lot of stuff that you guys have uh, going on and things that you offer and help with veterans, even some great events that you have coming up as well. Uh, but first, I want to just ask you, what do you guys do on a regular basis? What is, what is the, the daily life for a Berrien County Veterans Services? What do you help veterans do? We help veterans with everything. Every veteran that walks in our door has a different need. Um, And we are there to assist them in accessing the benefits that are available to them, whether they're federal, state, or local benefits. So it may be as easy as someone needs their DD-214 because they want to get an ID card to get their military discount, or as complex as someone's been struggling with PTSD for 40 years, and they um, are coming to our office to get uh, resources to help them. So you connect them to all that stuff. Correct. Wow. Because that's not, I mean, when you're in the military, and I've not been in the military, but I have family that has been, when you get out, there's not always the, uh, here's your your guide to the rest of your life uh, and all the things you need to know. A lot of times you get out, you're done, and you're discharged, and you're... You're, you're kind of left with a lot of questions and needing a lot of help with a lot of different stuff. Uh, so you guys are able to connect them all that. That's very true. Um, when veterans leave the service, they may not even have a need at the immediate time. Yeah. But it's never a bad idea to, at the very least, take your DD-214 to your county office, then have the... Um, have your DD-214 registered with the county, that means you'll always have access to a certified copy of your DD-214. Maybe you want to go to school down the line or buy a house. And um, you might have had a flood in your basement at one time where you stored that. So now you've always got access to your DD-214. You also want to stop by and register with your um, service office so that they know that you're there. They might be able to help you look for employment or get you lined up with some education benefits. They might want to uh, find out if you have a need for enrollment in the VA healthcare system. So things that you really not are not thinking that you're eligible for at the moment, now may be the time to apply for them. 
Now, DD-214, that's, that's a document. Correct. That's okay. the discharge document. That's the key to the kingdom in the VA. If you don't have a DD-214, you definitely want to get yours lined up. Without a DD-214, you don't get to pass go. Now, what if I, uh, you know, maybe... I'm new to the area. Maybe I'm a veteran that maybe moved from some from somewhere else and I moved here that you should register with your local office then, right? Definitely. You want to talk to your county service also. Um, local benefits, state benefits are different from state to state. So for example, if you are a disabled veteran with a 100% disability rating in the state of Michigan, you would get a property tax exemption. That's different than how it might look in um, Iowa. Okay. So you want to stop in and find out what are your benefits here in the state of Michigan. And then also you want to get enrolled in your local VA healthcare system. That's and we really, can help with that. That's really great. And you uh, are not only connecting them with a lot of that stuff, but you're also connecting veterans to a, a lot of events that you're you're a part of uh, as well. And tell me about this. Uh, you, you gave me this, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and this is called VIBE. What is VIBE? So that, that's an acronym for Veterans and Barian Engage. Okay. And what it is is a mass communication channel. We have over 10,000 veterans here in Barian County, but how do we communicate with them? And so what we did is we designed this uh, communication channel. Veterans can either scan the QR code, which I know you guys are going to have up on your uh, banner, um, or they can call our office at 269-983-7111. We're extension. 8224. And you either want to give us your text number or your email address. So just like you might get a message that the schools are closed because of inclement weather, mm -hmm. you're going to get a message from the Vibe channel to let you know that there's a veteran-centric event going on in your area. That's really cool. Uh, tell me about some of the uh, the events or some of the things that you got uh, on the calendar that people should uh, should be looking forward to and being mindful of. Oh my gosh, what don't we have going on? We have a we have a busy summer lined up. So the first thing that is. Um Coming up the pike is on May 30th, we're starting a program called Dine and Discover. And that's where veterans are invited to come in and have a meal. And then um, a guest speaker who is an expert in their field is going to come in and share with you their knowledge. So May 30th, we have attorney Bill Westerbeek coming in to talk about planning for your peace of mind. That's going to be things like wills, trusts, ladybird deeds, POA. What do I need? How do I obtain it? So that's going to be happening at the uh, conference room in Berrien County, which is located at the Health Department building at 214 East Napier Avenue, okay. May 30th at 6 p.m. And you have to call our office to register. A veteran is able to bring a guest as well. And we do have a limited number of seats available. So you want to call us early. Definitely want to do that. That's really awesome. Uh, any other big, uh, big events? And, and like, that's something that, that is that going to be an ongoing thing as well? So Dine and Discover, we're going to be doing probably three to four events a year. What we have slated this year, of course, is for the uh, peace of mind. Then we're going to do a battle of the branches. We're going to have axe throwing and a barbecue cookout. 
And there we're going to be inviting VA reps to come in and talk about um, enrolling in VA healthcare, helping people get burn pit registries going and screening them for the PACT Act, which is the uh, promise to address Comprehensive Toxins Act that was passed in August of last year. So with that act, those are veterans who, um, of course, had burn pit or other toxin exposures, but it also added new locations for Agent Orange exposure. Mm. So our Air Force veterans who were in Thailand, for example, who had been denied things like prostate cancer or lung cancer in the past, they get to come back as well as their um, spouses who, who might now be widows get another bite at the apple for those claims as well. So we want to try and uh, make sure people are aware of that. Absolutely. I love the uh, the battle of the uh, the branches. That's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> It'll sure, be fun, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of veterans will love doing that. Uh, and that's the thing that I love is that you're you're connecting veterans to to fun things to do, great events, but also connecting them to other veterans within their area as well because like you said there are quite a lot uh, here in the Berrien County area. Other events that you uh, you really want to highlight and look forward to. Certainly. Um, let's see. We have, um, well, we're going to be at the Senior Expo on May 12th, so we're going to start doing a lot more of that type of stuff. You're going to find us at the county fair this year. Okay. We'll also be probably once, possibly twice a month doing the Benton Harbor Farmer's Market, and you're going to know it's us because we're going to have a big old logo tent out there, so look for the Vibe Tent uh, in Barry and or I'm sorry, in um, Benton Harbor, yeah. and you can come and visit your service officer there. Um, other events that are going on, you can get free tickets to the South Bend Cubs game at the end of May right now. And then we also have for veterans who have never been to our office, or maybe it's been a while and it's time for a benefits check, we're going to be offering two free kayak rental vouchers or a free ultimate Frisbee golf disc. If you make an appointment with our office and come in and just do a benefits checkup, you know, maybe you got denied to be in the healthcare system in the past, but maybe you also have a hearing loss or tinnitus that we need to file a claim for and we can get you in that way. So come on in and see, uh, you know, let's take a look at that again. Give us another pass. Wonderful. One of the other items that's coming up that you'll see our tent at is, um, lest we forget, is hosting their annual event June 17th and 18th. And their um, theme, of course, is the Cold War Escape from East Berlin. Oh, wow. So they're going to have a big rock wall to uh, climb up and then you zip line across to freedom. So that's oh, wow. going to be pretty fun. Yeah. That's so awesome. So we, we're uh, debuting our new tent at that event. That's really great. Uh, you know, Maureen, you do so much for uh, veterans in our community, and there's a lot of uh, veterans that could take advantage and, and, and understand more about uh, what's available to them by simply just reaching out to you. Uh, where's a good place for us to find some great information? Because I know you mentioned Vibe uh, is another way to stay connected, but other ways that we can get more info on everything that you guys do and, and even some of these events and stuff, where, where's a good place to find that? So you can go on the Berrien County website for Berrien County veterans. We have a lot of the information on there calling our office and um, requesting if you want that in a paper format. We can send you out brochures as well. Um, then 
Another good place to stop by is the new clinic in Benton Harbor on Mall Drive. They also have our information as well as VA information where you can stop in and find out what's available. Wonderful. Best number to call again? 269-983-7111, extension 8224. Wonderful. Maureen, always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for everything you do at Marion County Veteran Services. Thank you. And if you're an organization like that that really uh, has some great things going on and you want to reach out and be a part of Got Something to Say, you can simply do that by emailing Let's Talk at WSJM.com. Call me 925-WSJM. Got Something to Say brought to you by United Federal Credit Union. We get you. Lots of things going on uh, in legislature. Uh, a lot of... <laughs> lot of uh, bills, so I feel like the schoolhouse rock. There's a lot oh of bills singing uh, right there <laughs> on the steps that uh, might end up becoming law. Um, but you've been uh, kind of tracking this um, ban on cell phones, uh, the kind of updated ban where you know, oh, yeah. a lot of people driving around, and, and you notice it, uh, and maybe some people are guilty of doing this, but won't admit it. Yeah. Going on social media, texting while they're driving. And you see, I don't like driving down the road and seeing the top of people's heads. No, no. And you see that, you see that way too often. They've got their hand up. Mm-hmm. They've got a cell phone in it. Their eyes are off the road. Right. I mean, come on. You're, you're driving a huge hunk of metal a couple tons down the road or whatever it is. Not safe. So legislature is paying attention and they are saying, no, we're going to end this. Uh, It's going to be hands-free or nothing. And the Senate has now passed the cell phone, uh, hands-free cell phone driving bill. It would limit drivers to using hands-free settings, barring anyone who's driving a vehicle from holding the cell phones to view, record, or transmit a video. Can't even imagine that you would be doing that while you're driving. Uh, The passenger vehicle drivers would be fined $100 for first offense, $250 for subsequent violations, and be required to complete a driver improvement course Mm. if they're cited three or more times within the three-year period. The Senate changed the bill just a little bit. They amended it uh, yesterday to say that the law, the newly proposed law would take effect on June 30th, giving folks a little bit of time, public law enforcement, to prepare for the new rules. So now it goes back to the House for final approval, and then if if it doesn't change again, Mm -hmm. it goes to the governor's desk. Because there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot to think about with that because, I mean, a lot of these police officers that are seeing these cars drive by. So, basically, if I'm driving yeah, and a police officer sees a cell phone in my hand, yeah. he can pull me over. Sounds like it. Yeah, I think I think they are getting serious about it. Uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says distracted driving caused 3,522 traffic deaths. Wow. In 2021. So 3,522 traffic deaths in the United States because of distracted driving. And you don't know how many times you see uh, on social media people driving down the road and they're, I mean, even if they have their phone in their mount and doing hands-free, they're still broadcasting on uh, Facebook Live or TikTok or Instagram and what are they doing? They're looking over at their phone. They're singing a song. They're doing whatever. Even some people may even take a Zoom call yeah. when they're uh, when they're driving down the road. And you know, I don't know how many times I have to say, "You're you're done. Yeah. You're not driving right now, right?" So it's yeah. it's just crazy to see that people are doing this because I mean, your com- entire computer and your entire life is right in your phone, but you're also uh, 
you could risk uh, your life and other people's lives if you're not paying attention. Michigan is not the first state uh, to do this. If it goes forward as it looks like it's going to, uh, the bill uh, would make Michigan the 26th state to enact a handheld cell phone ban right. for drivers. Ohio did one last month. Oh. Yeah. It's like the only old good thing in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Come on. Does it? You've been to Cleveland? Uh, <clears throat> another interesting thing, and this happened uh, most recently in uh, the Flint area with some schools, but also in Grand Rapids now, uh, yeah. they're putting a ban on backpacks, which I think is crazy. But so what, what do you carry in, what do you carry all your books and all your stuff in? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the, here's the situation. Grand Rapids Public Schools issued a news release yesterday. Um, they they said they confiscated a gun, mm. a gun, a real gun from a third grade student at Stocking Elementary School. Uh, situation came to light. Apparently, the, the the student dropped their backpack. Yeah. Another student picked it up and said, "Oh, this is really heavy. What's what's, sure. what's in your backpack?" And uh, a staff member came over and they found a gun. Wow. This was not the first time in the last week they found a second gun uh less than a week's time they confiscated two guns from elementary school children in the academic year they've uh they've confiscated four Mm. in that district and so the they said nope that's it backpacks gone for the rest of the year while we figure out what in the world we're gonna do yeah i mean there's less and less books I think uh, for kids, because a lot of their books are now digital and they're doing yeah. it all on a, on a laptop or something yeah. like that. But I mean, what do you what do you then do? Obviously, this is a safety thing. Do you have clear backpacks like you you have? Um, sometimes if you go to concert venues, yeah. you have to have a clear uh, bag so they can see everything that's in there. I mean, that's a possibility. But yeah. I mean, what do you carry everything in? Do you go like old school 1950s where you like strap everything together and <laughs> with the with a belt or yeah, with a belt or strap. something? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And so some innovation over the summertime is gonna is gonna bring something forward because this can't be the only place it's happening. You need to strap books to your legs and your arms. <laughs> And carry it that way or just have a a string connected to all of them. Or you can just, you know, say, well, artificial intelligence did my homework. I don't need my books anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just roll the robot in. Yeah, serious situation, though. It's good that the school administration officials are looking at it. Let's uh, we'll keep track to see what solution they come up with. Yeah, because that is an interesting thing to see uh, with all that. Um, Speaking of kids, I I found this to be interesting. I don't know if you're, uh, I know your kids are a little bit older, so that maybe they're not uh, affected as much by the kid fluencers. Oh, tell me more. Uh, You know, like, uh, was it Ryan's World? I think it is. It's it's, it's a kid. They watch Mr. Beast, but go ahead. Okay, this kid that has, and it's very similar to that, but it's this kid that has spent... Uh, and been able to make a lot of money just telling people about toys and oh. unwrapping toys oh. and saying, you should buy this. <laughs> uh, but a lot of young children uh, who unbox toys are known as those kid fluencers. Yeah. Parents mainly manage uh, their accounts, making their families millions of dollars. It's weird to see some <laughs> of these shows because all the kids do is they open up a box yeah. and they're like, hey, this is a toy. Yeah, the unboxing. Yeah, it is. It is weird, but these these kids have made so much money just yeah. doing this. Yeah. No, I think I, actually I, I've watched a few of these, mm-hmm. not for toys, but for like power tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unboxing. I mean, you, 
it's kind of cool. You see what you get in the box. So I want, you know, the, the box looks pretty, sure. but is that what I'm going to get? Right. And so I go to, I go to the YouTubes and I say, Hey, show me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where the fascination is. I do agree that it's, <laughs> it's nice to know what's in there. Cause yeah. I do the same thing for yeah. like microphones and, and random sound <laughs> equipment. Cause I'm a nerd. Um, but it is nice to say, Oh, Oh, I do get a power cord. Yeah. Oh, I do yeah. get a, this cord and this and that. Yeah. Um, but the, the phenomenon of the unboxing and even the Watching someone else play video games right. has always been weird to me. I mean, I know I would watch my brothers or my friends play video games, but I'm not yeah. going out and going on YouTube or Twitch or something like that yeah. and watching it. Uh, but a new study says uh, there's some concerns about the kids that are being exploited. Oh. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, Child little, labor. Kid, little kids on TV. You oh. know, the parents are just raking in all this money yeah. and the kids have no decisions on what happens to their money until they get to a certain age. Yeah. Um, but they said they're not just promoting toys. They're selling uh, things like makeup, mm -hmm. expensive cars. Uh, and they say they're, they may even be uh, kind of sexualized with this no, whole thing. Researchers say that uh, they may be young and cute online, but kid influencers enable uh, brands to have 24 seven access to our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Something to watch out for. It is. It is because it access on any device, anywhere, anytime mm -hmm. makes it tough. Absolutely. There's some Especially. shows. Yeah. Some shows that I'm like, wait a minute. Why are you watching this? This is not, this is not a good show for you to be watching. What, wait, what did they just say? What did they just do? <laughs> this is not good. And, uh, and the lack of plot or, or continuity. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, tell a story and mm -hmm. then end the story. And you see that sometimes in the kids, they just start talking and talking and talking mm -hmm. and they don't stop and they never get to there. Yeah. It's like where there's no there there. And then they're just like, you should buy this. Oh, yeah. Buy this. Uh, uh, we've got some pen pals that have already started <laughs> to show up uh, right here. 580 East. Maybe you have the letter. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like Blue's Clues. I was waiting we for just you to ask. a letter. <laughs> Uh, do you want to do you want to read this? Yeah, not right now. Okay, well, we'll, we'll do it a this little bit later. This is the letter that that was talking about our avian identification oh, issues. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that person has sent us some stuff before. <laughs> um, but no, lots of things going on this morning. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier about how uh, a lot of legislation, a lot of things happening in the the state capitol, yep. as it usually does. But yep. there's some pretty interesting. Uh, Interesting things that have been going on. We know uh, road funding has yeah. been one of the big topics uh, lately. Well, really all the time. It's like, we fix need to fix the, the damn, damn roads. roads. <laughs> uh, so what's going on with that? We're, we're, they're, they're trying to figure out where the money goes, but that's where things get interesting. Let's go back to, to what we were talking about earlier this hour, which was unboxing something fresh, new, and fun. Let's unbox new roads. That would be nice. That, wouldn't that be nice? You just open the box and inside is a nice smooth experience. No potholes, no axle breakers. Yeah, that's when you usually go over the border to another state uh, sometimes. But so our All roads right. have been bad. Uh, they've been working on them. Yeah. The road construction season is upon us, but uh, there's something going on. And over it's there. not just us. I mean, we've talked about a couple of reports this week um, from independent organizations looking at the roads in Michigan and giving us bad grades. Ba basically, we're, we're averaging a D. Mm -hmm. And so the the Senate uh, the Senate has a plan to put funding increases 
into our roads, okay. into road fixes. Sounds but they've good. limited those funding increases to the state's largest counties mm. by population, okay. not, not geographic area. There's a $6.8 billion transportation budget that was approved by uh, Senate Democrats on Wednesday that includes $150 million in extra one-time money for local roads in counties with populations of at least 350,000 residents. What counties are those? Wayne, Oakland, uh, Kent, Genesee, Washtenaw. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> another $100 million would go to critical infrastructure projects for another eleven populous counties. Yeah. Those all voted for Governor Whitmer <laughs> by majority. Mm. It's a Democrat-controlled okay. Senate. It's a Democrat-controlled House. The Republicans are saying, hey, wait a second. Yeah. We've got to do something different here. This is unfair. This is partisan. The roads are not a red or blue issue. They're an everyone issue. Let's fix them all. Well, the the population thing did make sense of where the most traffic is happening and the most people are. Let's start there and fix those. But I can see where you can say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on here? There, is there something else uh, politically driven or, uh, you know, personal decisions that are happening. Yeah, Senator John Bumstead said the plan funds several, quote, obviously Democrat priority projects. Uh, he urged Democrats to use more of the roughly $7 billion left from the uh, state's historic $9 billion surplus to fix all roads in Michigan counties, not just those that they've uh, put in the bill. It, it didn't have any Republican support. The Senate Democrats passed it. The House plan is expected to see a vote today, which would again send $400 million to local road agencies. That funding would be divided proportionally based on county and city populations, again, with larger cities and larger counties mm. receiving the biggest share. I think instead yes. uh, what they do, and we can see that uh, it works in sports with basketball, yes. they do the lottery. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so you kind of, you, you we have a, a great Michigan lottery and people uh, have chances of winning that stuff. So why not do that with the same with the roads and the oh. counties and just as far as who gets what and who who uh, who gets started first, all of that stuff. You just uh, every county has X amount of balls in the uh, the lottery pool, and you do it that way. So what about all- like a draft situation where the worst roads get the most attention first? Well, that would they, well they would get the most they balls in the, oh, in the lottery. They get the most balls. Okay. Yeah. So I think that would be a good way to go, <laughs> because it, they're all going to be hopefully fixed at some point. They're yes. all they're all going to get some some care and consideration uh, with all this. But there's only so much money that can go around. I did like the idea of the most populous areas where there's a lot of traffic and the major things happening, but. I can see where that gets gets a little interesting, and there's yeah. a lot of arguments they may be had. So if we do the lottery system, yeah. it fixes all those problems. How about maybe we fix maybe we fix all of the roads? Uh, we fix the smallest counties first, and then once we get all those done, then you can move on the bigger counties. That would ensure that those with the biggest vote mm. know that everything has to be taken care of before you're done. I think we just do it like landlords do it and just paint over it. Paint over the paint over everything. Oh, there's just a pothole. Spray it so you can't see it. Pothole, paint over it. 
little oh. spackle or bondo yeah. or something sign like that. that's a little broken paint over it oh goodness no one gracious. needs to know where the where the four-way stop is just paint over it one thing for sure is this will continue to be an issue through the silly season of campaigns and elections people will continue to talk about well what did you do what have mm-hmm. you done for me lately well driving down the roads you also uh also see billboards you do uh, and this is a pretty cool thing okay. that you can do. Billboard company Lamar letting people post photos of their pets on billboards for free. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, National Pet Month. Uh, I believe it's this month, right? Uh, all you got to do is go to lamarlovespets.com and use the discount t- code Lamar Pet Month. So huh. post a picture I'm of your dog. They, do you think they have somebody reviewing each of these pet photos? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, cutest comes first yeah. or, you know. Or I could just hold my dog up to my face and say, this is my pet. Right, yeah. This is my dog. <laughs> this is me. And then there might be some people that have selfies that might end up being uh, people inappropriate. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Some stuff some stuff in the background. So, yeah, I'm sure there is a review team. But yeah. I was even thinking what would be cool is if they, they regionalized it. Because I think that what it's going to be is those digital ones that oh, flip yeah. around. Yeah. It would be cool if it's like in my area because I don't want to, you know, put my picture of my dog up and then never see it. And then yeah. somebody out in like California or uh, wherever sees it. I want to be able to drive down the road yeah. and say, oh, there's my dog. <laughs> they but have I, that technology where, you know, the geofencing. Yeah, that it, stuff. It knows where you are at all times based on your phone signals and that kind of thing. I'd like it. It just just reach into my photos and start putting them up on the billboard as I'm driving by. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Kind of like when you have your TV set to have that as like a yeah. screensaver yeah. and then your relatives come over oh. and you're like, wait a minute. that Don't remember taking that picture. That photo's not supposed to be on there. Uh, that's never happened to yeah. me. There we go. So beautiful outside. You might see uh, some more seagulls. <laughs> seagulls? Are they seagulls? You know... We we talked about this earlier. I, yeah. I read this letter that we got. <laughs> I, I do. Let's uh, summarize the letter uh, a little we, bit of what we got. Should we, when should we cover? Should we do this now? We, let's do it right now. Okay. Why not? Before okay. news. All right. So you know we have a lot of different news items that come up, and one of them was about the thousands of seagulls that have taken up roost at Orchard's Mall. There, mm-hmm. I did it again. I said seagulls. So we got listener mail now. Well, we'll settle this in a moment, but our pen pal, our pen pal said, we're long, long way from the sea. And then it's followed by 12 exclamation points. Mm. They are not gull. They are call. They are, they are called gulls. I'm adding a little bit here. Not seagulls. Dumb bunny. Okay. Yeah. Dumb bunny. What's the difference between a seagull and a gull? People who say seagull, we assure each other, are wrong. There's no Mm. such thing as a seagull. The correct term is simply gull because gulls don't live exclusively near the sea. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I did do a little check on this. The Audubon Society says that person's correct. There's no such thing as a seagull. The term is simply gull. All right. But come on. Common parlance. uh, I'm just going to call them... uh, I don't know. Seagulls. Seagulls, yeah. I'm just going to call them seagulls. Because that's my thing is, you know, we have the seagulls. I mean, are they lake gulls? They're gulls of some kind. Um, They come from all over. But do you know where the bird actually comes from? Like, where did they fly from? Where were they born? Do you ask them their, their, their country and space of origin? Like, where did you come from? No, you don't. Well, you know, the Audubon Society... 
in fact, it looks like some of the language lifted from this article in this letter, says, Seagull or gull, who really cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who does really care? But it is fun. Bird. They're pretty birds. You know, I know you're into bird watching I and like all birds, that stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm finding out more. Yeah. So feel free if you want to start that conversation. If you, there's either something you want to fact check us on or you just want to talk about that, feel free to send us a letter. We're totally okay with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, but now I need to research what a dumb bunny is. I don't know what a dumb bunny is. I don't know. I don't can even you, know if it's spelled right. Yeah. If you can Google that, I don't know. What are those? Yeah. We're just, we're just bunnies. There well, you actually, go. we're not dumb bunnies. We're just dummies. <laughs> That's what we are. We'll be announcing on Monday uh, the newest class of the best places to work right oh. here on the show. Uh, your update brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles. And we're heading to South Haven. Yes. They've got some really great things going on as the uh, Convention and Visitor Bureau uh, announced the plans to unveil a new sculpture. A new sculpture. Yes. At the Friends Goodwill Splash Pad. Nothing, nothing's better than a splash pad on a hot summer day. Absolutely. And I love that they uh, are unveiling this here uh, on the 12th. Tomorrow. So tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, so it's a large steel koi fish. Yes. Which uh, we got pictures at moodyonthemarket.com. Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be dedicated to former Mayor Bob Burr of the city of South Haven. He is an avid fisherman. Uh, the Convention Bureau Director, Jennifer Seistrunk, says uh, Bob has been an integral part of the South Haven community for decades, from previously serving as mayor of South Haven for eight years to now serving on the South Haven Convention and Visitors Bureau Board. Bob is very well loved, very well recognized in our community. We're excited to honor his contributions to South even by dedicating this sculpture to him. Are dogs allowed in the splash park? Mm, that's a good question. You probably have to contact the uh, the Visitors <laughs> Bureau on that one. Uh, but the sculpture is pretty awesome, uh, as we mentioned. It was created by local artist Lou Rodriguez, who began sculpting metal back in 2010. And that same year, he entered Art Prize oh. uh, with an eight-foot-tall steel dragon. Wow which is now in my living room. <laughs> uh, it's entitled A Dragon for Jonas, nice. but uh, I actually put pictures of the Jonas Brothers next to it. <laughs> Very nice. But it was selected as one of the top 25 entries for the year for uh, by popular vote, so... The guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fish sculpture will be unveiled during a ribbon cutting tomorrow at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Members of the community are invited to kick off the summer season by visiting the Splash Pad during the opening day. Splash Pad hours will run 10 a.m., 8 p.m. through Labor Day weekend. Exciting. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Splash Pad. Get, you know, take the kids down there. Can adults go around. in the splash pad? Sure. You mentioned dogs, but I, I could go in the splash pad if I want, right? Yeah, why I not? definitely want to see that stuff in person. So go head up to South Haven and enjoy uh, for many years to come. Absolutely. Check out that story. See pictures and everything else at moodyonthemarket.com. Your Moody on the Market update brought to you by Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency with locations in St. Joseph and Niles.